Hi, welcome to You Know Nothing with me, Bailey Cummings. And me, Devin Sheridan. This is a podcast where two people with useless degrees drink wine and talk about things we know nothing about. This episode, we're talking about psychiatric disorders that we find interesting. Hi, Devin. How are you? I'm good. I'm a little nervous to have my every sound and utterance recorded by this lovely setup of your computer on your bed. I mean, I honestly should not have said that before we started because I know you and that's probably not the best thing for your brain. <laughs> I am sweating. She's sw- I'm, I'm sweating too, but that's just because it's honestly like really fucking hot in here. Um, and great, we're already swearing. Look at that. Well, we're gonna swear anyway. I know. So I mean, is that a warning? Welcome to You Know Nothing! Um, so Devin, how have you been? I have been working and stressing and getting tires replaced on my car. So like the usual. Yeah. I mean, I have to get a tire replaced like almost every week. (laughs) Every week. Every week. Like every week you get a new tire. No. Like you never have like four good tires. I love that. Um, I do have a lot of tires at all. That's great. It's not interesting at all. Should we like tell our viewers what we did recently? Okay. We graduated from college. Shocking, I know. With our degrees in the very usable industry of musical theater from the University of Utah. I know, like, from the beginning of this podcast, you were like, these two people are totally college graduates because they sound so articulate and, like, like honestly, like, I think I'm listening to a genius right now. Like, well-educated people. So that's probably not news to you that we're college graduates, but, like, it's a very recent occurrence in our life. So. We're getting used to it. Welcome to my life. Getting used to being perceived as more intelligent than we may perhaps be. I mean, I don't think anyone is really, really going to ever see me as a intelligent being. But I think it's just because most people hate me. Is your cat going out the window? She might be. My cat's also in the room. Say hi, Catherine. There she is. <laughs> she squeaks. I doubt that picked it up. She's too quiet. Um. So anyway, yeah, let's... Should we maybe, like, just awkwardly segue into our topic for the day? Sure. Would you like to go first, or should I go first? Devin, I don't know. Hit us off, Bailey. Like, get us started. One, two, punch. <sighs> okay, here we go. Um, so today we're going to talk about psychiatric disorders that we find interesting. Um, Devin and I have both done a little bit of research over the past couple of days and put together a little presentation for one another. And we're going to just, we've, we've been drinking some wine and we're going to just like sit down and talk about these things and try to teach each other about them and hope that it entertains you a little bit. I mean, hope. We'll see. Hope. It probably won't, honestly, because, okay. So I, I, I guess we decided I'm going first. I just did. Yeah. <laughs> All right, ma'am. Uh, so my psychiatric disorder that I'm incredibly interested in is called borderline personality disorder. Have you heard of it? Vaguely, yeah, I've heard of it. Really? I didn't hear of the acronym Why? that you used earlier. I feel like that's kind BPD. of the go-to for like murderers and cop dramas. Borderline personality disorder. Uh-huh. I could see it, based on my research. You watch a lot of cop dramas, mostly SVU. Okay, well, should I, like, go with, like, a little backstory first? Oh, yes. I don't know anything, what it really is. 
what it is, but, like, the backstory of, like, why I chose to do this disorder. Yeah, completely. That's interesting. You really find me interesting? Borderline personality disorder is interesting. Oh, okay, so you don't really care about me at all. No. That's what I thought. That's, that's all that matters, as long as we're on the same page. Okay, so... I'm not going to give a time period, but at some point in my life, I was in a quote-unquote relationship with this person that I really, really, like, threw me for a loop emotionally for a long, long, long long-ass time. I mean, you know me, so you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's getting personal. Are you getting personal on the first episode of Well, you the know, but, like, why not? Like, I talk about it to everyone, so I figured the world might as well know. And, like, honestly, like, I'm pretty sure, like, if this person ever listens to this podcast, they're not even going to know that I'm talking about them. They won't. Yeah. The listeners are going to be you, me, and your mom. Um, so, anyway. Whatever this relationship was, and I never will ever know what it was, and I can never label it, um... This person threw me for a loop and really made me feel very uneasy for a long period of time. And I had, like, a really close friend who I would, like, you know, like, go to lunch with and we'd talk about it. And this friend of mine was like, hey, have you ever heard of this thing, borderline personality disorder? And I was like, no, I haven't. And they were like, well, just, like, when you go home, we were like having lunch at this pizza place. If they ever listen to this, they, they, will, know exi- they will know exactly who they are, by the way. I'm just going to say. So, hey. <laughs> and so I was having lunch with this person, and they were like, so just look this thing up and let me know if, like, anything resonates with you. Like, if, if you really see something with this. And I did, and I was like, holy shit. This makes so much sense to me. Everything just makes so much sense to me. Like you never want things to make sense to you when you Google a psychiatric disorder and think of your significant other. Well, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't... I don't know if I'd ever call this person my significant other, but there are a lot of ex-significant others in my life that I really wouldn't consider a significant other. So, um, <laughs> in the effort of keeping this ambiguous. Doesn't matter. Like, honestly, I don't care. <laughs> so, should I'll just get down to the nitty-gritty. Okay. Let me just also, like, preface this whole thing was, like, I am not a doctor at all. No, neither of us are. Yeah, like, I have a degree in musical theater. Yeah, you heard so, you heard our education not qualified to diagnose anybody, like, but we can for fun. For sure, like, and that's the thing, and it's like, I don't think you're, the disease that you're going to talk about is anything, uh, like, in relation to anyone that you know. No. But because this one was so personal to me, I just want to preface that, like, the person that I'm speaking of may not even be close to having this. And I don't want to say that they are because I'm not a doctor. But in from my experiences and the stuff that I've read, I think this has a little bit of significance. <laughs> so anyway, here we go. Borderline personality disorder is a personality disorder that is very, very, very hard to diagnose. And it's only really diagnosed in extreme cases, but it, it is categorized by disproportionately intense emotions. So that means like the individuals who have this will have very intense highs of like love and like very intense lows of hate. And like it goes back and forth between that and they can't 
And it, there's never like a middle ground. There's never like a content feeling that these individuals have. There's also, it is also categorized by impulsive and self-destructive behavior. So meaning like a lot of individuals who have BPD, they get involved in, in activities that are self-detrimental, like say having unsafe sex or doing like hard drugs or things like that. Like things that are really dangerous to your well-being. Fun stuff. Yeah, the, really all the fun stuff. <laughs> but on like a very high scale. Oh. You know what I mean? Less fun. Yeah. And then the the part that I am, you know, super, super connected to is these people have very, very chaotic relationships. And that I don't want to like victimize myself as a person who was in a relationship with someone who has this because I think it's fucked up to say that if this person does have a mental illness, they victimize me. So what, where that comes up for me is, is that if a person has this disorder, they, they are definitely a victim of mental disorder. But as a person who's in a, who was in a relationship with someone like this, there is also a lot of push and pull that you have as a member of this relationship. This person will, you know, make you feel that you're unwanted until the minute they need to reel you back in and they do. And then you're hooked for a little bit and then they push you away until they need to reel you back in again. And that's kind of what the relationship is like. Sounds like every teenage relationship ever. Honestly, like most of the relationships that I have. So if you're one of my exes and you are listening to this, like know that you're not the only one that I could be talking about. Hmm. Wine break. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Wine break for sure. Um, so borderline personality disorder is extremely rare. Yeah. Like I, I actually was actually surprised to read that it was super rare. Um, no, I just feel like I hear about that all the time. That's one of the things when people are like, oh, I'm so bipolar. Or they say like, oh, he's so borderline personality. It's interesting that we throw these diagnosable disorders around like that. Yeah, well, and especially for something like this that is more complex than I realized. So borderline personality disorder is between 3% and 6% prevalent in the human population at any time. So that means, like, 3 to 6% of people at any given time on the planet have this disorder, for real. That's a lot. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, that's a lot, like, comparatively, but, like, yeah. if you think about, like, percentage-wise, it's a very low percentage. No. Considering, like, the amount of people that I think that I know that might suffer from this. True. Because I definitely think I know more than one. No. <laughs> I don't think I've ever thought about it. I don't that. want any, also, I don't want any of my friends to, like, think that I'm accusing them of anything. Hey, all of our friends, you have borderline personality disorder. Get help. That's not true. God, okay. So, little brief history. Psychologists used to think that borderline personality disorder was solely the cause of environmental effects and upbringing. So it was, like, it was more of, like, a nurture versus nature thing recent studies have shown that that's actually not true and that there are there are there is evidence to show that there are genetic ties to the disease meaning you may not have control over this if you have it the thing that i find most interesting about it is that there's really not like a set way to treat bpd the real only way is through therapy which a I'm just going to, like, get on my soapbox right now and say I think everyone should be in therapy. 
whether they think there's something wrong with them or not. Just in case. For everyone else. Well, not only for everyone else, <laughs> just, like, I think there's... Well, there's always benefits. There's to always it. benefits to be in therapy. I'm just gonna say it. Um, I think everyone deserves, like, an hour a week where they can just sit and talk about the shit that bothers them. For money. In America. I mean, yes. It's expensive. But I think it's, I think it's very beneficial. Mm. Is all I'm gonna say. But if you if your individual has been diagnosed with this disorder, and I should I I should stop calling it a disease also because it's not a disease it's a disorder. Mm. Just from now on, as we disorder. go, <laughs> if I go if we go on and I say disease by accident, it is not a disease; it is a disorder. So in order to treat BPD, um, it requires therapy, but intense therapy. It, it requires dedication from a specifically trained. Uh, what is it called? Uh, psychiatrist? By, psychiatrist, but really just like a mental health professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't say, I don't I don't know the specifics of, is, is it a... It's not an easy fix. It's not an easy fix, and it requires constant effort. Not that most... And it requires the individual to be aware of the mm. problem, if that makes sense. Oh, okay. That's where the issue comes in. That's the thing. It's like, a lot of people with BPD because of the nature of the disorder, don't realize they have it and don't ever want to realize they have it. And the individuals that love them don't encourage them to seek medical attention for it because they feel so victimized by it. Mm-hmm. When really well, it's not control. It's not anything that they should be victimized for because it's not that individual's fault. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, into like diagnosis and let's like actually talk about what borderline personality disorder is. You ready? Mm-hmm. I'm never ready, but I'll try. <laughs> so, BPD is diagnosed by the occurrence of five of any of these ten symptoms that I'm about to list off and, like, describe to you. What if I find out I have it? Well, I hope... Or you have it on this podcast. Well, Devin, I, like, I hope that, like, in the fact that I, like, actually done research on this for quite some time... Not even in just preparation for this podcast, but in, you know, previous weeks. You're quite delusional. We could have some surprises here. I'll be writing this down. (laughs) Great. So this is actually turning into a therapy session on air. (laughs) I love it. Um, Okay. (laughs) So, um, number one is frantic efforts to avoid real or imagined abandonment. Um, So that is, like, people will, people with the disorder will will go to extremes to avoid feeling abandonment. Mm-hmm. Meaning, they always want to feel wanted by another individual, such as, I mean, in my in the case of like my experience with this myself. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, and we'll get we'll get later on. We'll get to like relationships, but like that's kind of like where you feel like you constantly want to push people away and pull them back in because that intense feeling of them pull of, of them coming back to you is what you need to feel in order to feel valid. What if I <laughs> tick this box for myself? Well, like I said, five of the ten. Okay, that's just one. So that's only one. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, sometimes same. <laughs> Everyone wants to feel wanted. The thing is, it's not always wanting to feel wanted. It's the manipulation? It's, about, it's the manipulation of of feeling yeah. wanted. In order to feel the amount of want that you want to feel, you need to push them away mm-hmm. 
in order to pull them back in. Yeah. I just want from afar. I know. I was like, I don't think that's you. Honestly, like, I wouldn't. Tom Hiddleston. Knowing you. <laughs> Shout out Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> oh my gosh. Two, two glasses of Prosecco and here we go. Three? Oh, damn. Here we go. You need to stop drinking if you want to like get through your like little essay that you wrote. I can still read. All right. All right. Kind of. Can I move on to number two? Yes. <laughs> okay. I'll keep a hand up counting the ticks. <laughs> Great. Um... So number two, patterns of unstable and intense personal relationships. So like I, like I was just saying, like mm-hmm. how we would get into this, like the me- the people who are in relationships with people with BPD are constantly idolized by that individual and then devaluized by those people. So, so meaning like they go to extremes of like disdain for, for a specific person and then to like praise of that person and that person just doesn't know how to feel about what is this relationship are we together and this is this can happen between like siblings friends romantic interests which is where it gets like really complicated Mm -hmm. because like imagine being in a romantic relationship with someone that you're not sure if they hate you or love you yeah that would be a little bit off-putting yeah but the thing is you love who you love Uh uh-huh don't love someone who insults you. Just a rule of thumb, if you can. <laughs> Life advice with Devin Sheridan. So that's number two. Number three is an unstable self-image. So that being, like, something... <laughs> what? That's the second one. No, that's the third. No, but I. that's the second one I've ticked. Oh, that you're ticking for yourself? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, well, I, I think, don't think I honestly, have Honestly, I would take it. that one for wanna, myself, too. I just want to check. I understand completely. So, um, so an unstable self-image, meaning, like, you're insecure, you need validation from others to feel good about yourself. You can't create that for yourself, you know? But sometimes you do. Like, there's, like, a, like this, like, weird, like, balance, well, there's this weird imbalance between, like, narcissism and like a complete like disdain for oneself with BPD and that kind of correlates with how you treat people around you if you have this disorder I'm missing the narcissism actually just the you mean you you don't have narcissism yeah I wish I did and when I when I talk about narcissism I don't know if this is actually the proper term but I I think it is it's like when I think about like narcissist I don't mean like someone who like totally like loves themselves like completely but i'm talking about someone who needs to know that other people value them mm-hmm. in order to feel valid and i don't know if that's really narcissism in, in essence but it's how we're going to define it today when i think about you know like our instagram culture that's kind of what i think about oh yeah yeah you know so that was number three so number four um this gets a little specific there's um so with BPD, there's an impulsivity of two areas of self-damaging behavior. So those those areas could include some of the following, like dangerous sex practices, like unprotected sex with strangers, substance abuse, reckless driving, binge eating, alcoholism, anything like that. Like, oh. you know, any of those things. If you have 
two or more of those tendencies. Why are you biting your finger like you have like eight of those? Just two. You said two. Well, yeah, but like <laughs> you were like, I have eight. Like it was like I was. <laughs> well, I I fit that one, so that's my third one. Oh my gosh. I don't think I'm manipulative enough to have this. No, you're not. I just have a lot going on. Well, we all do, and it's, I mean, it's really easy to, like, put yourself in a box, and, like, when you're, like, analyzing one thing, you're, like, it's like a horoscope, you know? It's, like, that's vague enough that I, like, I can see myself in that. Um, Bailey, I believe in horoscopes. I'm a Sagittarius. I mean, do I believe in horoscopes? Not really. Do I believe in astrology? Like, to an extent, yes, because I am a fucking Scorpio. (laughs) And you know it. (laughs) She laughs. That's not what this podcast is about right now. Okay. Well, actually, that would be a good episode for the future, though. Yeah. Um, so that was four. Number five. Recurrent suicidal behaviors, gestures, or threats. So if someone is constantly threatening to kill themselves or has, you know, I don't want to put specifics on it because there are people who are really struggling with suicidal thoughts and behaviors. Um, but you know, someone who has attempted suicide in some sort of fashion is someone you're going to want to look at in terms of this disorder. Mm-hmm. Well, especially if they tick any of the other boxes. Especially if they tick any of the other boxes. Specifically four more of the five. Did you tick the boxes for the person that you're thinking of? No, I'm ticking the boxes as I go down so that oh. I don't repeat one. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, no. Absolutely not. Like I said, this... You do not have the ability to diagnose I someone. do not have the ability to diagnose Just someone. Just speculate. But and speculating is fun. And also, my friend who turned me on to this is going to get a shitstorm of giggles after listening to this, if they ever do. I mean, I hope so. Because... We love him. Ugh. Them. Them. I love them. <laughs> no uh, hints. No hints. No you only have, like, one guy friend. No. Okay, well, so that individual is a male person. So, number six. <laughs> I can't count. The wine's doing good things for us, I guess. Say number next. Number next, but it is number six, so I'm going to say number six. Effective instability due to a marked reactivity of mood. So, meaning their mood is never measurable they it's really hard as like as a bystander of a person with this disability to understand what they're feeling you can't empathize yeah you know it's that's always fun there's they they move like the easiest way of saying it's like they have mood swings okay i mean that's that's four for me it's like literally like one minute you can be having like this like pleasant conversation and the next minute they're pissed about something that you don't know why they're pissed about it okay you know this is this is sounding similar to bipolar disorder. It kind of is a little bipolary, but not quite. It's it's much more specific. It's a much more specific subset. Yeah. It's, okay, that makes sense. I think about this and like people with BPD kind of say say someone with BPD does something wrong, like does something that's like morally wrong. They may or may not, but probably may not understand why that was wrong. Because they only really have a sense of self. That's dangerous. Yeah. Tell me about it. It's like babies. Babies have no... And I'm talking like wrong, wrong. Murder. Like we can like go to like the place of like murder. In like severe cases. 
Mm-hmm. And like the instance that I'm thinking of, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yes. Number six. Nope, seven. <laughs> number seven. But remember when I was like, I'm going to forget. Cut that whole one, thing out and just to go to number seven. <laughs> number seven. Chronic feeling of emptiness. So this is a huge thing. Like this is like, if someone constantly feels like this, this is when you want to start looking at this disease. It's disorder. Fuck. I mean, I'm hungry a lot. No, that's not what it means. Okay, so like, like a mental feeling emptiness. Of, like mental emptiness. Like a feeling of worthlessness. Like you have nothing to live for. That if people aren't giving you satisfaction or validation, you don't belong on this earth. That's kind of like a thing. Which kind of, it leads to that that need for validation mm-hmm. and that need for support, like, emotionally from other people. Well, if I felt empty all the time, I would definitely go manipulate people to pay attention to me. Well, exactly. But the thing was, is, like, again, that's only one of the five. Just remember that. Sure. Um, of the ten. That's what I meant. You know what I mean. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, so the first recording, we're still getting the ropes. You know, this is give our, us some time, guys. This is our first podcast, and honestly, like, I think it's going pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> Once we edit all this crap out that we don't want, is that still recording? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Okay. Eight. I lied. There's only nine. <laughs> <laughs> I've been lying this whole time. There's only nine. <laughs> I'm the worst. Okay. Bad research. So, (laughs) number eight of nine. Inappropriate or intense anger and difficulty controlling said anger. So, frequent outbursts, creating awkward situations in public places. You know what I'm talking about. Yelling in a restaurant. Like, yelling in a restaurant. You know those couples. Like, making everyone else at a party feel uncomfortable. You know, it's like that kind of thing. It's a it's a very frequent thing because mm-hmm. it cre- makes you the center of the te- uh, center of attention. It gives you the validation of like everyone's looking at me. You know, it's again, I'm not a doctor or a psychologist. Don't take anything that I have to say as fact or fiction or fiction, really, because like I said, I feel like I know a few individuals in this life who may suffer from this disorder. Allegedly. Allegedly. Anyway, like I said, cannot diagnose. That's all I'm going to say. Um, and then the last of the nine, so nine of nine, not ten because I'm stupid, is transient stress-related paranoid ideation or severe dissociative symptoms. That sounds intense. What it really means is just, like, intense paranoia. Oh, God. So, like, creating the idea in your brain that someone is that someone is like out to get you but like not really like that's like more intense but like that someone doesn't really love you as much as you think they love you or that someone you know has like an ulterior motive for being in your life you know that's kind of what it is it's a paranoid mentality about the relationships in your life okay (laughs) Devin pours more alcohol so anyway if you experience any five of those nine symptoms, maybe you should seek out psychiatric help. Perhaps. I mean, I would. How did your tick box go? Um, I lost track at three, but I think I'm good because I don't think I have enough I confidence. Think I think you're good. It really does. It, yeah. 
Well, I mean, I would have a lot more people wrapped around my finger if I had this. And the thing is, like, do you have, do you experience guilt? I mean, all the time. Yeah, so I think you're probably fine. Oh, good. <laughs> At least I have that. In, like, the instances that I'm thinking of, like, I just never felt like any of the people, you know, that I've ever associated with that I am suspicious about in this term ever felt guilty about anything that they made me feel or ever felt any, you know, remorse for how I felt about what our experiences were together. Does no, because they're too busy thinking about everything else on your list. That would... T- that would definitely take up my mind for a long time. Yeah. So anyway, that's BPD in a nutshell. Like, there are like there are several different kinds of like risk factors and things that you can kind of like watch out for in adolescence to diagnose, such as rough home life, like you know neglect, absent fathers mean mothers and I mean mean in like a sense that like you know unfairly mean not abusive like yeah like abusive parental relationships is like which is the core of a lot of psychiatric disorders yeah so that's like it's a risk factor it's not like you know you're gonna have BPD if you have an abusive Mm -hmm. parent because it's a mix of you could be perfectly fine if you have an abusive parent you could you know really be fucked up for the rest of your life if you do um, and it, it really, it's, it's an if. It's yeah. not a yeah. set thing. You gotta win the shit lottery. Pretty much. Um, childhood sexual abuse is a huge thing. If you're, if you're raped as a child, it can, you know, raped, molested, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. If there's something of that nature going on in your childhood, you may also be at risk. If you have, if you have the genetic disposition, it could develop this disorder. Adolescent substance abuse disorders are a big thing. Like, a lot of people who are diagnosed with BPD have been known to be adolescent alcoholics, smokers, you know, addicts of some sort to some sort of drug. Like, a lot of people who have this disorder tend to know. Just to be clear, we're not adolescents anymore, are we? No, we're not. So we're just normal adult alcoholics. I mean, it's like, we're both 22. So we're just normal alcoholics. I mean, yes, but, like, I wouldn't diagnose myself as an alcoholic. Don't come at me, anybody. Okay. Um, <laughs> bragging. I mean, like, just bragging, whatever. Just, like, don't come at me, internet. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Adolescent depression and disruptive behavior disorders, like ADHD or anything like that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, trouble focusing. If you if you are an individual who has, who has trouble not being the center of attention in a situation where you're not supposed to be the center of attention, like a classroom setting. Hmm may want to look out for this in the future. Just saying. Get all your class clowns diagnosed. <laughs> ASAP? Yeah. I mean, let me tell you, the class clowns in my life, they all have borderline personality disorder. I mean, it is 3 to 6%. I mean, that's not true at all. 3 to 6% of class clowns. You, you can be a perfectly functional human being and still be a class clown. Because who doesn't love a good class clown? Teachers? Well, yeah. The thing is, if you're going to be a class clown, you better be funny. Yeah. Because there are some pretty not funny class clowns in the world. You better have good jokes at no one's expense. Can we, like, finish? Like, I'm, all, I'm so close to Are you not done? I'm so close. <laughs> <laughs> I don't 
giggle. And then the last risk risk factor is repeated self harm. Oh, well, that's not a that's not fun at all, Bailey. I know. I, it's a, kind of like a sad note to like end my notes on. So like my notes are done, but to talk about it, like if if you know you have a if you have a child that is constantly threatening to you or is harming themselves in some way because of whatever reason. Definitely look into this because it could contribute to that feeling of emptiness that we can develop. Or get them in therapy anyway. That feeling of work. I mean, honestly, get them in therapy anyway because it may not be this. If you have any of these. But it could be anything else. If you have any of these risk factors, therapy sounds good. Always therapy. Always. If you have any questions. like, Like we said at the beginning, always therapy. Yeah. If you have any like, maybe I'm or I don't know, then just go to therapy. They'll tell you, maybe. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> anyway, so that's mine. That's... Borderline personality disorder. That's personal. I like that. It's something you've experienced. I was... Ho- I mean, like like I said, like I don't know if I've experienced it, but after I went through these experiences, my friend told me, like, look it up and see if anything resonates with you. Things definitely did resonate with me. Well, So if, if anything, even yeah. if I'm wrong, like, it definitely did give me comfort to know... That these people in my life were not doing it of their own free will. Yeah. Well, even you experience the symptoms from the other side. Like, mm-hmm. even if and this I, person what I don't want to do it, is victimize myself. Like, I don't want to say that you know people with borderline personality disorder are evil and out to get you if you're in a relationship with them because I don't want to say that. Because also in doing my research, I read a lot of things like my first-hand account of having borderline personality disorder and how I struggle with that and how I'm so aware of it. The thing is that if you're an individual who has it, all like, literally, if you're any person in the world, like, always just be receptive of your own actions and, like, just kind of be aware of what your motivations are and if you really need to check yourself, you know? It's true. You know, check yourself before you wreck yourself. It's, like, a, it's honestly a mantra. Well... If we're segueing into mine, I, I guess we are. We I go. guess I'm gonna segue. <laughs> mine definitely, in like my nice opinion, and in many people's opinion, has victims because I'm doing Munchausen by proxy, which is a classic disorder. It is. It's very popular right now. People sneaking into hospital rooms and doing weird shit to everyone else. But I decided to cheat and go with one of my favorite things, which is murder, inspiration from a certain podcast, (laughs) and go through the story of Gypsy Rose Blanchard and Claudine D.D. Blanchard. All right, I'm ready. All right. So Gypsy Rose and D.D. Blanchard, she was her mother. D.D. was Gypsy Rose's mother. To specify. Gypsy Rose. I like I'll often think about yeah. like theater. Gypsy Rose Lee. Yeah, like, she, she was about inspiration. She, that's what the inspiration of her name. She liked the name, but she got it from there. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah. I'm, I have a feeling I'm gonna hate it later. Yeah. Because, yeah so Gypsy Rose from a young age suffered from leukemia, asthma, muscular dystrophy, and various other conditions, as well as having the mental capacity of a seven year old throughout her life. She had seizures and was confined to a wheelchair and had a feeding tube that was inserted into her body 
On top of that, she and her mother were Hurricane Katrina survivors. Oh my god, so what they a fortunate life. They basically had everything going against them. So they ended up being the perfect people to donate money to. We have a cat in the room. Can I help you, Catherine? Please, honey. We're trying to record. Just so the people who don't know, because I'm sure like the listeners of our first podcast are only going to be our friends who know my cat, but her name is Cat. I call her Catherine when she's being annoying. Anyway, they were the perfect people to donate money to. Neighbors donated money. Habitat for Humanity gave them a house and built them a hot tub. They were able to go on trips to Disneyland with the money they were giving them with Make-A-Wish Foundation. Oh, and they I've, were given, done, I've worked for Make-A-Wish Foundation before. It's a, an amazing organization. It is amazing. The Specifically, like, in the Disney realm. Cause yeah. I, I mean, always go to Disneyland if I you used get to a play, choice. I used to play Disney Prince with this company in Utah, where we work from right now. Okay, I didn't know this. We're going to get back to that later. <laughs> Basically, they were giving thousands of dollars in donations. And they seemed to be the perfect mother and daughter. They were a loving relationship. They always talked about each other so lovingly. The mother would talk about how she was the reason why, like, Gypsy was the reason why she was put on Earth, to be her mother. Like, that's all she wanted. Really? Wow. And it seemed like she would do anything for her child and that they were best friends. Now, on June 14th, 2015, Dee Dee was found stabbed to death in her home, and Gypsy was missing. They did not know where she was. Now, just, sorry, really quick. Gypsy's the mother? Gypsy is the daughter. Gypsy Rose is the daughter. Dee Dee is the mother. Oh, okay. Great. That's what, okay. Just to straighten it out. I honestly, okay, I, that's what I was thinking the you whole time. You had a couple of glasses I... of wine. The reason that the police checked and found her body was because of Facebook messages posted on Gypsy's and Dee Dee's joint Facebook account. The Facebook post read, the bitch is dead. And then later, I fucking slashed that fat pig and raped her sweet, di- sweet innocent daughter. Her scream was so fucking loud, LOL. So the police responded because concerned friends on Facebook asked them to because of these messages. And then they found her body. Oh my god, I'm like white right now. The police were worried. I mean, I am white, but like whiter. Than whiter than, whiter than, than usual. <laughs> the police were worried about Gypsy because they thought that she had been kidnapped and raped and taken away. But they s- soon found her hiding with a boyfriend. And brought her in for questioning. Wait, so how old is Gypsy? Gypsy is 19. Oh, wow, okay. But Gypsy, I was thinking she was younger. Well, she has the mental capacity of a seven-year-old. Oh, seven year old. Right, we talked about and that. And she's in a wheelchair. She's got a boyfriend? Good for her. Yeah, good for her. And she suffers all the things. So, in the interviews, Gypsy walks into the interrogation room. She walks. Oh, out, not in a wheelchair? Nope. Shocking. Munchausen, specifically, is a mental disorder where a person acts like they have a physical or mental disorder, but they are causing the symptoms or pretending to have the symptoms, usually to retrieve sympathy or recognition. (laughs) The name historically comes from Baron Munchausen. He was a fictional German German nomen... I can't talk today. It's okay. Cut this. (laughs) 
Okay. This is going to be a spliced up podcast. Spliced no one's going to listen to it because it sounds so it's bad. It's the first one. We'll record the second one and pretend the first one never existed. Honestly, but like maybe we could publish this one. I don't know. Okay, we'll see. Maybe we'll like record the second one and then like record we'll publish the first one later as like a... This is what a we were like before the well, second one. Well, we have to get used to it. Well, exactly. Okay. Like I think we're getting a rhythm now. This yeah. is kind of nice. I anyway, he was a fictional German nobleman from Rudolf, and I'm going to butcher some German, Rudolf Erich Rasky's book, Baron Munchausen's native of his marvelous travels and campaigns in Russia, which was written in 1785. Can I read that? Okay. That was right. This character is loosely based on the real man, and this is where I'll butcher it, Baron Hieromus Karl Friedrich von Munchausen. He was born in seventeen. That was honestly like a very impressive pronunciation <laughs> of said German words. <laughs> so the reason that he was the inspiration for this is he fought with the Russian for the Russian Empire Empire in the Russo-Turkish War of nineteen seventy-five. When he retired, he became known for telling these insane stories about his time in war, and he became famous because they were obviously fake. Raspy, the guy that wrote the book, heard about his stories and published them. But the Baron was so mad that his name was used that Raspy never took credit for them until his death. And these stories include riding a flying cannonball, fighting a 40-foot crocodile, and going to the moon. So, so like things that I did last week. Yeah. So basically this condition was named for a person who was famous for lying which is why it's also called factitious disorder now much factitious or fictitious factitious oh interesting according to the internet i am not you're not not a dictionary i used wikipedia for this good to know (laughs) so i'm gonna i used a scholarly source for my for my disorder, I'm just gonna say it. I'm sorry that you went through so much trouble. I mean, it was pretty and good. I'm better. Whatever. Anyway. It took me longer to do my research, so who won? <laughs> I don't know. I did mine over a few days. You did yours over one. Anyway. No, I did mine over a few weeks, actually. That's... Okay, he's lying. Now, Munchausen by proxy specifically is the same idea, but a person afflicted does this thing to someone else. They induce illness or lie about it in other people, especially aimed at their children because they have access to them. And it also earns you extra sympathy when your child is sick. They're easy targets. It's actually super controversial because it is considered child abuse. Well, yeah. And a lot of people who have killed their children have been diagnosed with this and then have gotten off from it in court. And a lot of people are not very happy with that because they still kill their child, psychiatric disorder or not. It's mostly associated with women because women have had the most access to children in history. Well, yeah. Which, in my Because that's their job, is to care for the children. Care for the children. Care for the children. Who needs a nanny when you have a wife? In my personal opinion, I think some of those arsenic, chronic arsenic murderers in history probably had what is considered Munchausen by proxy. But back then, you your children just died all the time. So 
it was harder to diagnose. That's a funny thing to hear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's wait for that to pass. What is thought to be one of the causes of Munchausen by proxy is to one, have lost a parent and to have experienced abuse in childhood, which can lead to the difficulty of forming healthy attachments to family, especially children. So I'm going to use the example of Dee Dee Blanchard to describe this mental disorder. I'm ready for it. I Especially love like all this wine in my system, I'm like, oh man, I just. We might have to cut back on the wine next time. <laughs> I mean, honestly, probably, but I think it's going to be more entertaining for our listeners if we drink even more. More entertaining for us. We're gonna okay. So to the listeners out there, we're gonna play with the alcohol levels as we go. We'll like do an episode where we're like fucking slosh, and we'll do an episode where we're not really drinking at all, and we'll like see like. What people enjoy the most, and then we'll figure out a nice level for it. Wine's in the tagline, so I don't We can know. take it out of the tagline if, if it becomes necessary, Devin. This is this is a living, <laughs> breathing entity. Like, it, it changes as we go. Mom, never listen to this. Like, <laughs> Mom, please listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Dee Dee, the mother. She grew up in Golden Meadow, Louisiana, which sounds lovely. I want to live there. I don't. I really no, you don't. I want to live in well, New York City. <laughs> and, her, and her family in the interviews, they have this insane accent, which is Cajun. And I can't even... It's like the... What does ma- that even mean? It's... Well, Cajun is like in the Cajun part of Louisiana. Oh, so it's like like Southern, like by the Gulf of Mexico. But it's, like- it's indescribable. It sounds like 10 different accents melded into one. And it sounds just like that. Hi, Kat. Hi, Kat. <laughs> you gotta be quiet, sweetheart. She's not going to. I know. You She's gonna, me? like, go sit right on the corner right now. Okay. Okay, so, Dee Dee was a former beauty queen who tended to steal stuff, and later her family suspected that she may have starved her own mother to death. So that's the thing. That's a thing. Yeah, that's a, something that the that's family has That's definitely, like, thought. a notable piece of something. They also suspect her of having poisoned her stepmother, but they could never prove either of those. So that's just family speculation. So she was 24 when she got pregnant with Gypsy, and the father was 17-year-old Rod Blanchard. Rod Blanchard. So she was robbing the cradle a little bit with the 17-year-old. They got married, because that was the proper thing to do in the South. But they soon separated, because I mean, of a lot of reasons. I'm, honestly, that's best for everybody, if I'm going to say so. So, when Gypsy was three months old, her mother told her father that she needed a breathing machine, because she had sleep apnea. And when she was seven, she bruised her knee in a motorcycle accident, and her mother said that it took six surgeries to fix it and put her in a wheelchair temporarily. She started telling her family that she wouldn't live to be 18 because of a chromosomal disorder that stunted her growth and her brain development. Wow. But. How oddly specific. Because Dee Dee had Munchausen's by proxy, Gypsy was subjected to years of unnecessary medical treatments and confined unnecessarily to a wheelchair. Dee Dee made her act younger than she was to try to make her seem developmentally behind 
and never taught her to read. She hid her age from her. Gypsy taught herself to read by reading Harry Potter books. I mean, same. That's not true. <laughs> I was taught to read by my kindergarten teachers like any normal person. Well, Gypsy didn't make it that Gypsy made it to probably first grade before Dee Dee took her out of school. Never, never, never take your children out of school. Well, it makes it easier to... To manipulate them. Correct. But here's the thing. If you ever, like, have the idea to take your children out of school... Don't. See a therapist. <laughs> so <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Due to suspicions, Dee Dee started moving Gypsy farther and farther away from her family and from her clueless but loving father. Then things escalated a little bit. Conveniently, Dee Dee said <laughs> Gypsy's birth certificate and medical rec records were lost in Hurricane Katrina, which made it more difficult for people to suspect her. Thanks, Katrina. She took Gypsy to countless hospitals seeking treatments for conditions, none of which Gypsy actually had. This is when she said she was suffering from such intense muscular dystrophy that she could never walk again and was paralyzed from the waist down. Dee Dee had a closet stuffed with medications, which she administered to her through her feeding tube. And because Gypsy was strongly prescribed medication, she would act strangely, which helped with convincing people that she was mentally incapable. And... Her seizure, seizure medication made her teeth fall out, which contributed to her looking younger than she was. And Dee Dee started shaving her head to tell her, and telling her that it was going to fall out anyway because of her um, cancer medication. She even convinced a doctor to remove Gypsy's saliva glands because of her excessive drooling. Gypsy later said that it was because her mother rubbed numbing cream on her gums to induce her drooling. Oh my god. Gypsy was not allowed to speak at all at her doctor's appointments. And Dee Dee was so manipulative that she worked her way around doctor's questions and obtained prescriptions and even surgeries that Gypsy did not need because the doctors just believed her when she said that Gypsy had these conditions. Oh my god. One doctor wanted to report her for Munchausen's by proxy but knew that because of her support in the community, that he would not be taken seriously. He wait, 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 wait. So what did that doctor do? He wrote it down in his notes, which Dee Dee later got a hold of his notes because she asked for medical records. So she switched doctors really quickly. He never reported anything past that. What? Because he suspected that because of her support in the community, that nobody would ever believe him, and he'd have to go against everyone. Believe so, like everyone believed that okay. Dee Dee and Gypsy were the cursed family, and that okay. you know they need like because they were you know like being seen by Make a Wish, and they had been that Gypsy they, had been diagnosed with cancer and all well, of this crap that they needed support. Dee Dee was so good at manipulating people, and it didn't. Gypsy was adorable. She looked ten years old, pops, even when she was nineteen. She had these huge glasses and the shaved head and this. So they like, took out so many parts of her body smile. and all those and all of yeah. those surgeries. She was amazingly charming, and they had this down to a T. This is so well planned by Dee Dee 
that I think almost nobody in the community suspected. Gypsy was never allowed to be alone with anyone, and I was always being controlled on the side by Dee Dee. Dee Dee, in every situation, even in some interviews that were videotaped, would squeeze her hand when she said something wrong, so Gypsy knew that she was not supposed to say that. And there was also some physical abuse, besides the unnecessary surgery and medications. If Gypsy misspoke in public or tried to go against something her mother said, she was slapped or hit with a coat hanger. Gypsy tried to run away with a random guy that she met at like a comic convention, and her mother found out four hours later through mutual friends. So, so quick. She broke all her electronics with a hammer and said that if she ever did it again, she would break her hands with a hammer. Oh my god. Gypsy said for two weeks, her mother took handcuffs and a dog leash and handcuffed her to the bed. She also said she was drafting up the documents to declare Gypsy mentally unfit. So Gypsy thought she could never run away because people would think she's mentally unfit. This was actually reported to the police that Gypsy might be suffering from child abuse. They came and Dee Dee talked Talked her way out of it. Talked her way out of it. So manipulative. They believed her. So Gypsy literally thought she had no way out. So Gypsy was not mentally behind. Imagine, though. Imagine having, like, the only person in your life. Like, really the only person in your life. Your mother. There's no way out. If you're cut off from everything, have the, the only person in your life manipulate you like that? I mean, what else do you have? Is, like, how do you know where to go? You don't. It's well, and especially Gypsy, if like Dee Dee is as carefully planning as she is. Gypsy doesn't know that she can like go to the police, that she no. can go to like you know uh, her doctor, that she can go to anyone. And, her like, father. Her father even like she doesn't even know that there are other options. No, because I mean, that's how ridiculous Dee Dee has been. A stranglehold on her life. She's raised in this from like. From being a baby, this is the life she led. That is out of control. Well, and Gypsy didn't, other than being able to walk, Gypsy did not know what disorder she suffered from. Gypsy was on nausea medication, anxiety medication, seizure medication. She was, like, medication to help her go to the bathroom. She was on all of these medications that she did not need. Because Gypsy was... Physically healthy and not developmentally behind. So she started to grow up and adolescent desires take over. She sneaks and makes a Christian dating site account and meets Nicholas Gojon. I think that's how you pronounce it. Anyway. Someone can send us an email and tell us how it's actually pronounced. We'll have an email. We'll make one. <laughs> So she met Address him. to come. <laughs> <laughs> she met him on a Christian dating site. And she fell so in love with him. Good for her. It started out normal. They were talking about what to name their kids and marriage and fantasy. Gypsy loved Disney. So she was thinking she met her Prince Charming. Sexy. And then he started bringing up BDSM. 
and she had no clue what he was talking about. She As was, everyone does. She was sheltered. I'd be lying if I haven't been there before. And she was a little bit freaked out by that. But she was so in love with him that he talked her into it. She got emails from ex-girlfriends that he was crazy. That he thought he was a vampire. Oh my god. And he did get arrested for watching porn and jerk, jerking off in a McDonald's for nine hours. Excuse Which me? I don't know how you do. As, as, a, as a male person, I'm just going to clarify... It is really hard to masturbate for that long. Well, he def- he did, and he got arrested for it. Like, wait, so nine hours straight? Uh, that's what it said. All right, I want to do some more research on I that. I mean, like, I'm sure that maybe they got it off by a few minutes. I mean, I'm sure I'm they sure were, he like, came in, like, in nine hours. Maybe he didn't start the process I mean, I'm sure there was, like, hours in. I was, I'm, like, I'm sure there was, like, break periods, for sure. Oh, yeah, but I'm wondering why it took the employees so long to call the police. <laughs> I'd call them within the first, like, five seconds of that going on. Honestly, that's another episode. Come that's on. another episode. Okay. So he suffered from probable psychiatric disorders and a possible IQ of 82, which is fairly low. And after a year of dating, Gypsy told him everything about her life and... They had a failed meeting where she wanted to meet. Her mom didn't know she was online, so she had no ability to meet people that her mother had never met. So she mm-hmm. orchestrated going to the movies and meeting him by chance and then hoping that her mother would like him and that they could start dating in person. Of course that didn't happen. They of went to, they went to the live action version of Cinderella. And the mother Oh, this is, like, recent. This is very recent. Like, this is a couple years ago. Yeah. Wow. She died in 2015. Dee Dee did. Oh. I thought this was, like, maybe, like, early 2000s. No. No. no, Wow, okay, this is recent. Okay, this is, like, that's so much more interesting. So, Dee Dee was creeped out by a single guy at a children's movie. Probably rightly so. And Gypsy... Honestly, same, Dee Dee. Like, I don't agree with you on many things, but on that, yeah, this guy sounds like a creep. So, Gypsy realized that plan wouldn't work. So desperate to get away from her mom and to be with this man-boy person, they decided the only way was to kill her mother. It happens, you know, sometimes... You gotta kill him. I'm not a murderer. I'm just gonna say it right now. I would never... Our moms are safe, I promise. Pinky swear. I was like, I was just with my mom. We had a great weekend in Vegas. Got super drunk together. We'll talk about that later. That's a whole other episode entirely. (laughs) I'm just going to say it again. Of course, Nicholas agrees to help her with this. But he said he wanted to do the plan his own way and said, well, hey, I'm going to rape your mom if I'm going to do this. And Gypsy went, what?! Yeah, like, that's who we're dealing with. How romantic. Very romantic. (laughs) And Gypsy said, "Mm, I really don't want you to do that to my mother, so how about you kill her, and then you can rape me afterward. And Nicholas was like, okay, that sounds like a good idea. So Excuse me? Whoa. (laughs) I'm not dealing with the top tier of, like, thinkers here. This was much more traumatic for her than... Anyway, so that night, 
Gypsy paid for him to come over on a Greyhound bus. She hid in the bathroom. How far away did he live that he had to come on a Greyhound bus? I don't know. That would be good to know. Far enough. Great. She hid in the bathroom while he stabbed her mom to death. Oh, so he did the stabbing. Oh, yeah. That was the plan. She couldn't do it. She said she couldn't do it. Got it. So, and after that, they had some rapey sex. I mean, it was it was promised. Yeah. <laughs> and then they packed and left to go to his house. Of course, Gypsy, because the plan was not great, was caught and arrested. What, but, are, what are you talking about? It was like a foolproof plan. Yeah, because they didn't leave any evidence behind in their online and text message interactions. <laughs> Don't leave a paper trail. That's all I'm going to sell. If, yeah. if we're going to merge someone, I mean, please leave a paper trail because we want to find you. We want you to get caught. But for your own sake, like, don't leave a paper trail. Yeah. So she it's was stupid. <laughs> so she was caught and arrested. But this is where all of her mother's deceptions actually came to light. And because of the circumstances that Gypsy was was subjected to for years, she was sentenced to second degree murder. Which is instead of first degree. Well, yeah, which is, like, much better. Yeah. And she's sentenced to ten years in prison. Apparently, according Honestly, to... Honestly, for second degree murder, that's, That's not like, bad. Yeah. Yeah, she'll get out while she's still young. She apparently is doing but she's, I mean, if well, this was in 2015, she's still in prison, obviously. Yeah. She's supposed to get out when she's 32. I don't know when exactly that is. I mean, remind me again how... She was... Ne- she was supposedly 19. And where was this? Where did this all take place? Texas. No. I forgot to look that up. Oh my god. Shh. Okay. I'm wrapped up in the details. Oh my god. I'll answer you next week. Yeah, we'll 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 bring this up next yeah. time. But apparently she's very happy in prison because for once in her life, she's not being subjected to her mother's torment. There are a lot of petitions. To free her, because a lot of people could not believe that she was responsible for what happened, because she was around so much manipulation in her developmental years that she can never be trusted, because she learned from a master on how to manipulate people. Wow. There's Gypsy Rose and Dee Dee Blanchard. Isn't it intense? Munchausen's by proxy, everybody. It's intense. And there's... It's, it's in, intense. It's super popular right now. I know that sounds funny. But there's lots of, like, parents sneaking into hospitals trying to put, like, feces in their kids' IVs ba- IV bags. Like, it happens a lot. And I think because of modern medis- medicine, people catch it a lot more. I think I read that it was, like, 1% of the population. Suffers from Munchausen's by proxy? Yeah. Maybe. I'm reading that wrong. I'll fact check it. Next time. But I mean, like, back in, like, the 1800s, you could just poison your kid, and people would be like, I'm so sorry. Like, it, your kids, kids just dead. die all the time. Kids dead. But now, sorry about it. like, getting away with that in today's medicine, like, doctors not even, there was one doctor. Well, like, that's, like, the whole, like, 
the development of forensic science. Yeah. Like, through well, autopsy, just mean, like, autopsy. Doctors and, that are like, there was one doctor, the doctor who ended up mentioning Munchausen by proxy was looking at her legs and he said if she had been paralyzed, she would have no leg muscle left. And she did. And she completely did because she walked when she could. But like the fact that it's basically doctors were suspicious, but one doctor out of a lot mentioned this. Doctors prescribed her prescribed her medicine and did surgeries on her based on only what her, what her mom was saying. Based on her mom saying, oh, she has this. Careful. Don't let your mom poison you. I want to know where this was. Especially because this was, like, recent. Like, are these medical professionals still in the field? Well, they flew her out to different areas to do things. Damn it, I'm bad. You make me look bad. No, I'm not making you look bad. Like, this is, like, this is something that, like, I would encourage our listeners to, like, if you're really interested in this, keep going. I was too wrapped up in the medical stuff to look at the area. That's that's the whole thing, though. You Mm -hmm. know? There's so much to be known about this thing. Well, yeah, and the fact that so many eyes were on her. I mean, And no one saw it. Like, that was the thing. It's like, this happened for so long. Until her mother was murdered by her and her boyfriend that was Ricky and... Honestly, like, watching... Like, the, the boyfriend is a yeah. whole other story, honestly. No, he's, he's in prison for a while. It is, it's, like, what I would call a series of unfortunate events. It's definitely... For Gypsy the Rose. The two worst people that could have met each other met. Yeah. And it ended in death. Pretty brutal. Stop I mean, honestly, like, according to those circumstances, like, it actually came out, like, pretty good. Like, mm-hmm. I would expect more people to die. Yeah. In a situation like that. But, I mean, you never, we'll never know with Gypsy if she, I mean, I just don't don't think you can ever know. I mean, I personally feel bad for her, but you don't know if she'll kill again. I don't think so, but it's possible. But it does seem very situational, but I also think, you know, who knows? Like, that's Mm -hmm. the whole thing. It's like, her, her willingness to kill in this situation could have been derived from the one single factor of her mom's abuse from all the, the all those years or it could have been just like a predisposition to not feeling anything after that like you know like yeah, it, you get it, all could your... be, it could be a nurture it could be well, nature i don't know and there was a doctor talking about how like after your whole life of not knowing any of the truth she never knew what was real and what was fake she might never know for the rest of her life what's real and what's fake and if death is an ending thing what a horrible... I mean, I, that is some fucked up shit. It is so fucked up. Was that our first ad bomb of the season? No, I think we did it a couple times. Okay, that's good. <laughs> that's good. No. I mean, that's gonna happen. It's I mean, anyway, happen. like, hey, guess what? That's our first podcast right there, Devin. That's our first podcast. We had murder. We had ex-relationships. We had wine. The most important part... If I'm being honest. Alright. Do we have a sign-off? I don't think we do, but like, hey, if you did listen to this, if you were the one person who listened to this, thanks for listening. Yeah. (laughs) And hopefully enough people like this that we can keep doing this because I had a good time. Did you have a good time, Devin? Well, even if nobody likes it, it's still a good excuse to hang out and talk about super morbid things. Well... 
with that, I say... You know nothing. You know nothing, Devin. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guess what? The episode's not over yet. And why is that, Devin? Because we need your help finding topics to talk about. Yeah. See, we, we have a list of topics that we've kind of worked our way through in this first season, and we're kind of running out of ideas. Or Bailey's rejecting my ideas well, yeah, at every that. turn. That's true. I do that a lot. So if you have a topic that you want to hear on You Know Nothing, something that you find really interesting that you think it would be really fun to hear us talk about, please send us an email at youknownothingpod, that's youknownothingpod, at gmail.com. That's our official email. We'll get it there, and we'll consider it to put in a future episode. We have an email? We do have an email. Oh. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. You need to give me the password to that. You do have the password. All right. You were with me when we made it. I don't know the password. Well, I'll tell you when we end recording. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.